As Michigan's most powerful and influential voice for business, the Michigan Chamber of Commerce stands ready to serve you. Go to mychamber.com, that's M-I-C-H-A-M-B-E-R.com to learn more now. Like we just finished a 150-person banquet. So like all their place cravings too, we save all that. So all that goes in the compost. So like literally everything that you can possibly imagine that's organic goes in the compost. Gotcha. How do you kind of decipher that like from the plates? Like, uh, it's just something that we've ingrained into our staff so that they're extremely diligent of like, we, got, we went through training to say like, this is what is acceptable, this is what's not acceptable. And that's Detroit Free Press dining and restaurant critic Lindsey Green in the kitchen of the restaurant Madam in Birmingham. She's talking with Chef Reese Hogerhide about their composting process. Meat and skin and bones and all that kind of stuff, it's compostable. Mm. So everything that we can possibly like salvage to some aspects, we try to do to our best ability. So. When the average person thinks of restaurant critics, they probably assume folks like Green are most worried with the food on their plate, not what happens with the leftovers. But Green wanted to do something special this year for the Free Press's annual Restaurant of the Year announcement, where we highlight the best places to eat in Metro Detroit. Restaurants weren't just being judged on their culinary abilities or subtle mood lighting, but on how they make our world a better place, or at least how they're trying to. How are they going above and beyond? So the baseline was that they're serving really great food, great ambiance, great service. Now, what takes them to the next level. And I think that's what defines them as the best. Everybody is a part of the team, right? And I get insurance, so they should. 99.9% of all restaurants could probably care less about this, you know. This week, we get the scoop on the Free Press's Restaurant of the Year selections, from favorite foods to their work beyond the plate. I'm Carrie Jr. II, and you're listening to On the Line. How are you feeling? You're smiling. I feel like this is a weight off your shoulders. Huge weight off of my shoulders. That's our restaurant critic, Lindsay Green. She spoke to us amid the release of her selections for Restaurant of the Year. Those are now online at Freep.com. Um, feeling good. I'm feeling, yeah, all good things so far. Knock on wood. <laughs> well, I wouldn't consider myself a food connoisseur, but I do like food and I do like, you know, good food. So I'm yeah. going to be paying close attention to, you know, who you put on this list because okay. I will be trying these restaurants out. Please do. Try them all. Okay. I, they've got my stamp of approval. Green joined the Free Press toward the end of 2021. And if you can't tell, I was pretty excited to get an early shot to, you know, get to know her a little bit and grill her on the life of being a restaurant critic. Okay, so before we get into the kitchens of these Detroit establishments, I want to know a little bit about your kitchen. Um, are you chefing it up at home? Is that something you do as well? Or are you mostly just uh, go out and eat? No, okay. I do. I actually do cook a lot at home. Um, I enjoy cooking. I I'm not a recipe kind of girl and I try to throw together my own recipes, but I realized halfway through it, I'm like, Oh wait, I didn't measure that at all. <laughs> I just like do a lot of things to taste. That's the way we're supposed to do it. You're not supposed to properly measure. Right? You just, you know, you taste it, see if it's good. And That's then. How it works. <laughs> so what would be your, what's your favorite dish to cook at home? Oh man. So it'll be kind of like, you know, whatever is in my fridge, what can I make out of it? Um, I do a really great shrimp and grits, 
which I always kind of like, like do a new take on. So it can have, you know, either like Gouda in the grits so that it's like this kind of smoky kind of thing. Or I could do like a honey butter grit where it's kind of like a sweet and savory kind of take. So whatever I got. <laughs> Growing up, you know, my, my, my Southern grandparents always cook grits. Um, and obviously there's this debate on what's supposed to be put in grits. How do sweeter you make savory. Is it sweeter savory? I'm a sweet person. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> me too. I feel like I'm not supposed to say that out loud, but me too. There would be this diner that I would go to when I was growing up in New York and we'd all get grits and I would be the one that's like, do you have honey or like, do you have sugar? And I'd be dousing my grits in sugar or, or honey if they had it. And everybody would be like, you are an embarrassment. <laughs> the way my family from Mississippi and Georgia would look at me when I would take the sugar and, you know, shake, they'd be like, what are you doing? As if I had just blasphemy. <laughs> So to the project, the the main event, um, Restaurant of the Year, um, what is that for those who, who don't know? What is Restaurant of the Year? What does that mean? So Restaurant of the Year, it's kind of a week-long um, event. Uh, it's a series of a few different articles. So our 10 best new restaurants, uh, we released those. We're releasing those over two days, uh, top, top five and final five. That makes sense. Um, and then restaurant of the year is obviously the big restaurant that that um, we're designating as just the best in the Detroit area. Uh, there's also restaurant of the year classic, which we will reveal. And that is a restaurant that has been owned uh, under the same ownership for the past 10 years, at least. Uh, and within that story, we named the Sylvia Rector Lifetime Achievement Award for Hospitality to either the chef or, or the um, owner that's that's at the helm of that establishment. Fantastic. And what's the criteria to be considered for the list? So the criteria is that you have to have been open before December 5th of 2021. That's really the, the main criteria. This year, I kind of added a layer that um, restaurants need to have in addition to, you know, serving great food, great, you know, within a great ambiance and with great service. They also have to be going above and beyond in some respects. So they have some sort of mission that they're dedicated to, or they're doing things beyond the kitchen that are um, serving the community or kind of serving the world at large in some cases. That's an important criteria. I love that. Can you talk a little bit about that more? That That's how you evaluate once you've got your pool of restaurants. Yeah. You know, last year, the package that the Free Press focused on was called Food Fighters. And obviously, during the pandemic, it didn't make sense and it wouldn't have been right to continue with a traditional restaurant of the year package. Obviously, the pandemic has been really tough on restaurants with closures and reopenings and more closures just to start. And so with Food Fighters, they were able to really celebrate the restaurateurs and the chefs that were feeding frontline workers, you know, um, a lot of people gave back in a lot of ways. And so this year, as opposed to just charging forward and, you know, going back to the traditional way of kind of um, um, discerning what makes a restaurant a great restaurant, I wanted to kind of bridge those ideas. She was also looking at the current issues in the industry, like the labor shortage and the ongoing need to tend to employees' mental health and pandemic fears. 
And she was noticing a lot of the new restaurants coming on the scene were trying to solve some big problems. The restaurateurs, the chefs, the business owners who have stepped onto this scene are wanting to do it now because this is a time to kind of fix what we've seen has been broken in the food industries. I think that we want to really celebrate and uplift these restaurants that are helping to build a healthier future. And so some of the things that I considered were, are they paying their workers fair wages? Are they offering their workers health insurance? You know, there's a lot of waste that goes into um, into restaurants. And so what ways are they thinking about eliminating food waste and thinking about recycling? Um, restaurants that are intentional about how to diversify their kitchens. And so these are the kinds of things I, I was thinking about in that whittling down the pool. And that brings us to one of the top picks of this year, the restaurant Madam at the Daxton Hotel in Birmingham. They've got a menu inspired by new American cuisine. And Green's description of their mushroom dumplings with red garlic chili oil had our producers' mouths watering. Of course, Green tells us they're doing great work inside and outside the kitchen. And I mean, when you talk about food waste, hotels are one of the biggest contributors to waste overall. And so they're really being mindful of that and trying to eliminate food waste as much as possible within the restaurant. And this is literally how they load it up. So all of these barrels. Oh, this is it. Yeah, these are all crop cups. Wow. So we fill these up two and three times a week. Wow. And these are absolutely full to the brim. Madam has been partnering with Midtown Composting in Detroit to turn their leftovers and waste into something that can actually grow more food. And Green visited the restaurant to see how it all goes down. You guys are just bringing it down here, they're loading it up, and they're shipping it off. Yep, yep, yeah, so Tim, Tim handles it, like, entirely, so we're just collecting, organizing, hey, Steve. And walking through the kitchen and seeing the bins that they have that are lined up at every station for their scraps. That's one example of just the extra step that I had to take to understand what they're, what they're really doing to make these things happen. After the break, we head to Midtown Composting, talk about diversity, and chat with the chef and owner of the restaurant of the year. As Michigan's leading statewide business advocacy organization, the Michigan Chamber of Commerce is on the job every day standing up for job providers in the legislative, political, and legal arenas. We are the unified voice of thousands of members who employ over one million Michiganders. We work with trade associations and local chambers of commerce of every size and kind in all 83 counties of the state. We know business in Michigan. Learn more today about how we can protect, connect, and strengthen your business. Whether that's advocating on your behalf at the Capitol, helping meet your informational training and networking needs, or boosting your bottom line visibility and voice, we're on the job for you. Make my chamber your chamber. Go to mychamber.com, that's M-I-C-H-A-M-B-E-R.com, to learn more now. Wow, that's a lot of oh, too. 
This is it. <laughs> and we're back with Free Press restaurant critic Lindsay Green, who followed scraps from one of the restaurants of the year, Madam, to a composting site in Detroit's Morningside neighborhood. So what I'm seeing in this pile right now is I see onion peels, I see fruits and vegetables and eggshells, and I'm even seeing pieces of bread, so bread is totally compostable. Yes. She's talking to Tim Campbell, a co-owner of Madam's Partner, Midtown Composting. Cool. So tell me what you're doing here. Tim is shoveling uh, some scraps from Madam, which is where we just came from, into a pile. So tell me what you, or I guess exactly what you're doing. Right. So these were sitting uh, at Madam for the last week. Um, it's all there kitchen prep, uh, food waste, uneaten food, things like that. It's brought here, Sanctuary Farms, Lower East Side of Detroit. We're uh, going to turn it into compost in a uh, couple month long process. And then the compost can be used to grow vegetables to go back to Madam. So it's like a closed loop, zero waste, recycling, local food, sustainability. Very cool. System. Very cool. Green visited the site as part of the Free Press's Restaurant of the Year selection process. As she explained before, she made her top picks based on great food, but also the work being done beyond culinary excellence. So you spoke before about how restaurants are implementing specific practices that go beyond the table, and diversity was one of them. Can you give us an example of one restaurant that exemplifies that? Yeah, there were a couple, and I think when we see that there's a, a you know, nationwide labor shortage, there are challenges when it comes to this. And I, I recognize that. But there were a couple that, that stood out. So Freya is a tasting menu restaurant in Detroit that recently opened. They're doing a really fantastic job with the food that they serve and everything that they do at that restaurant. One thing she loved, a bowl with lentils, sweet borscht, and shavings from a candy cane radish. Their uh, general manager, Thor Jones, he has an organization that he founded. It's called Hospitality Included. And he's actually going to um, put on this week-long sort of training session specifically for people of color. It's, the idea is really to get them trained up so that they can be really great servers, so that they can be really great you know, hosts. Um, it's, the idea is just to make sure that we're including people of color in the food industry. Um, which is a huge industry. And to not see us there is um, problematic, especially in a city like Detroit. So it's not necessarily theirs, but um, I think the support that they're giving him to host that event there and, and to you know really use that platform has been really cool to see. Where in the industry, in the city, are the opportunities also for ownership when it comes to restaurants? And what would that even look like? I, this is, I guess, coming from a more personal perspective of seeing people of color, black folks represented at staff level positions, but I'm thinking, you know, chef level positions and ownership positions. So just like, what, what is the landscape of that and how do what these restaurants do now play into to that? So that I think is what Thor spoke to most, because I think in order to get there, you have to kind of start at the front of house, right? I mean, outside of going to culinary school, which a lot of people don't necessarily have the opportunity to do, um, you make your way in by working your way up, right? And so I think something like what Thor is doing creates a path towards 
ownership for people of color and for Black folks in particular. The number one restaurant on our list of 10 best new restaurants is Baobab Fair, and that is a Black-owned restaurant. It is um, owned by two, a husband and wife duo. They are from Burundi, Africa, East Africa. Um, And so not only is, you know, their diversity there because it is black owned, but they're really carving a space in the kitchen for immigrants and refugees like them who are in Detroit and who are kind of struggling. They know what challenges these folks are enduring. So they're doing things like, you know, making sure they have Google Translate at the ready, as opposed to, you know, English might be a requirement for some restaurants. I mean, they're doing things like carpool. You know, Detroit is not necessarily a a walkable city. And they've been helpful with carpools and making sure that their employees are able to get to work. And they're also giving back proceeds of their coffee bags to um, a, a nonprofit in Burundi. So they're supporting their hometown as well. It's just a lot of really great things that they're doing there on top of just amazing, <laughs> serving amazing food. You know, I was wondering if they would be on, on your list. I assumed somewhere they would they would show up, but it's fitting that they're there. I just ate there I mean, last week or a week or two ago. Phenomenal. Let me say, that avocado pudding dessert, whoo, delicious. I want to bring up the livable wage uh, point just because we have been dealing with a pandemic where people have been struggling to have jobs at all, let alone jobs that pay well enough for them to sustain themselves. What have you seen in the restaurant scene that speaks to them um, offering livable wages? A lot of restaurants are being really mindful of livable wages right now, in part because I think they have to, you know, with this labor shortage. But in a lot of cases and throughout this list, I'm seeing restaurant owners who are really intentional about it and who have always been trying to build this into their business models. I think our big one, our restaurant of the year, is an example of a restaurant that really is thinking about all-encompassing elements that can really benefit the longevity of um, the restaurant industry. So our restaurant of the year is Bazai, and they're a um, Japanese sushi restaurant in Clawson um, that opened last year, and they're just fantastic. I mean, the chef at the helm is thinking about everything. I don't consider myself a chef to, uh, chef to start with. I don't know what the chef is. Uh, I just, you know, keep making food for a long time. So <laughs> That's Chef Hajime Sato. So his main focus and his passion is about serving sustainable seafood. And so he's not serving anything that is endangered. He's really mindful of the challenges that we have in the environment and particularly with seafood. I mean, our appetite for seafood has just increased incredibly over the past few decades. And so he's mindful of ways that he as a chef is contributing to that. And so he has really just focused on serving completely sustainable seafood, whether that's sourcing from fisheries in Michigan that are sustainable. You know, instead of California roll, we have pure Michigan roll, which you know, cooked walleye, but still, people should be using local fish, right? He's, he's really putting in a lot of a lot of work on that end. He's also an example of one that is taking care of his employees. Um, it's a small team, and so the way I think about it is that he's extending 
the definition of sustainability to all parts of his business. So by paying his workers fair wages, um, he's creating a sustainable environment for them. You know, it's not sustainable if you're not paid well. It just isn't. I mean, he's also offering medical benefits for his full-time staff, which is just unheard of in the food industry. Everybody is a part of the team, right? And I get insurance, so they should. I'm not one of those owners who's going to just stay back and like, oh, I make money, you commoners, you work for me. Like, I'm part of it. Um, so he's just one that, again, is just taking it a step beyond. I mean, he's even making the cups that you would drink your sake out of. It's just incredible. It's just an example of how um, ambitious and hardworking he is. But again, the food is just phenomenal. Think assorted sashimi with inch-thick slices of fish. Mm-hmm. And if somebody feels like they their life got touched better because of what I made, then I feel like that's great. Well, thank you, because I am one who loves sushi. Um, oh, yay! One of my favorite meals, if not my favorite things to eat. And so <laughs> already no one restaurant I'll be going to off this list. Um, you have sure. to. It's really, really good. Awesome. Um, and so I have one more question for you, and then I'll, I'll let you go. Um, this list that you've created um, compiles a lot of different elements that you've thought hard about to highlight what these restaurants are doing beyond just the meal. Um, and so for readers and for listeners to take your recommendations and go to these restaurants, how are we or, or what are we as patrons doing to play a part also in the impact that these restaurants are making? I mean, I think if you are supporting any one of these restaurants and, you know, by having dinner at any one of these restaurants, that's a small way that you're doing your part. If you want to be a responsible diner and you want to be a responsible or a supportive neighbor, I think taking that extra step to see what these restaurants are doing beyond the kitchen and then supporting them in any way you can is in a way supporting the initiatives that they are upholding. And so, yeah, if you want to take that extra step, I, I, I call you to do that. But if you just start with this list, I think you're, you're doing your part in some way as well. Well, I just got to say, I love what you've done with this restaurant of the year list. It's phenomenal. Um, I think just that, that last point too, uh, about like, I don't know if this was your intention, but it does in a way, give us a call to action to say, Hey, as people who patron these restaurants, yes, you, you get, some delicious food, but you also can get food that stands for something. And I think that's phenomenal. You've done a phenomenal job, Lindsay. So uh, thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you so much for seeing that. I I think I agree. It really is. I think we all have a responsibility in some way for everything that we consume, right? If we want to be active participants in anything, we just have to be mindful. And so, yeah, I'm glad you, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm really proud of these restaurants. I think I'm so proud of the dining scene here. It's just really struggling still, right? There are challenges, but but I feel that what they've done is really flourishing and just making our city even better through through food. So thanks for seeing that. Again, make sure to check out Freep.com for our complete list of best restaurants. And happy dining. This episode was produced by me and Darcy Moran with help from Tad Davis. Anjanette Delgado and Marianne Struman are our executive producers, and Peter Batia is our editor. 
The music for the show is called Fort Trumbull and was produced by DJ Lost Boy. Thanks for listening. And if you like the show, leave a rating, a subscribe, and recommend it to your friends and family. See you next week.